welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to turn your attention today to, in fact, to Jesus uh, with a question. Um, Just think for a moment, what were you doing on August 5th? What were you doing on August 5th, 60-some days ago? Anyone remember? Uh, Maybe work, um, kids, life. Dealing with some stuff. Some of you are checking your phones already to find out what you're doing. Nine years ago, August 5th, there was what was called the Chilean mine disaster. How many remember that? Yes. When... A ramp in the mine, about a half a mile deep, collapsed. And 33 miners were trapped in a hot, humid, dark place with only enough food for three days and water. Just imagine with me. Is there anyone else a little bit claustrophobic? Could I see your hands? Yeah. If you're wondering how far almost a half a mile is, you all know where McDonald's is up on the corner, don't you? Just imagine going straight down, and you're trapped. They survived longer than anyone else trapped underground in recorded history. The 33 men moved to an underground emergency shelter area where they discovered just three days of survival food for 33 men. As their situation grew more desperate over the next 17 days, the miners, uncertain if anyone would find them, considered suicide and cannibalism. All hope was gone. Then on August 22nd, a drill sent by rescuers broke through to the area where the miners were located and the men sent back up a note saying, we are all fine in the refuge. Light had come. Food, water, letters, medicine, and other supplies were soon delivered to the miners via a narrow borehole only about 12 inches across. All eyes of the world were gathered to watch. Video cameras were also sent down, making it possible for rescuers to see the men and the hot, humid space in which they were entombed. As engineering and mining experts from around the world collaborated in the long, complex process of devising a way to bring the 33 men up to the surface, the the miners maintained a system of jobs, and of clearing out the debris that the bore 
as the large bore bits, one after another, would come down, rocks would fall down from the ceiling, and they would have to clear that out of the way so that they could survive. They did this in order to keep up their morale. The rescues are eventually drilled and reinforced an escape shaft wide enough to extract the men one by one. Employees of a Pennsylvania-based drilling tool company played a role in the drilling rescue shaft. Could you, anyone say, God bless America? On October the 12th, the first of the miners were raised to the surface. That's this coming Saturday from August 5th to October the 12th, the first of the miners were raised to the surface in a narrow 13-foot tall capsule painted white, blue, and red, the colors of the Chilean flag. The approximately 2,000, 2,300-foot ascent to the surface in the capsule took around 15 minutes for each man. And finally, all 33 were rescued. Wonderful. I have a simple message I want to share to you today about God and his great love for us simply found in the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 tells us this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The rescue efforts took over $20 million. Today it would be close to $40 million. But no expense was spared to save these precious men's life. The first thing I want to share with you, there's three. God's great love for us. You can find it in your bulletin or your program. And my wife pointed out right away, because she's very good at noticing details, a word was left out. But as soon as the the videos from last week came up, I started really feeling good. <laughs> so it's God's love for us. The second is that God reached out to us through his son, Jesus. And the third is this, that so we can have eternal life. But God's great love for us, he so loved us that he sent his son. God's great love, friends, is because everyone that's here today, everyone on the face of the earth, We've all been made in his image, whether it's, remember the, little, the song we used to sing in Sunday school way back in the days, singing about Jesus and his love. Jesus loves the little children. How many remember that song? All the children, all the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, white, brown, they are all precious in his sight. God has not excluded anyone because he's made us all in his image. He has a love for us and a plan for us that goes all the way back to the beginning of creation. And his plan is that we would know him and being made in his image that we would, that we would live honorably and in justice, in, in a state of justice and loving God and loving each other. But then things went horribly wrong. And if you're familiar with the story in the Garden of Eden, humanity, man and woman, and I, I find it interesting, you know, they made, uh, they made choices that God had given to them everything, but he said, just do not do this one thing. 
and they had to do it. And how many, how many times has that happened in our lives? We have everything, but it says, no, you, can't, you cannot do that. And if you were like I am when I was a little kid, if you said no, that only meant go to me. I had to do it. I was bound. I was obsessed in going into the no. They went there, and the reason God said that, because sin would enter their lives and the world, and immediately the consequences of it were that they, they ran and they hid themselves from God. That wonderful relationship of a warm, loving father uh, as dads and granddads and now all my kids are grown up, but we have seven grandchildren, and I cannot tell you what it means to me, the joy when grandchildren come to the house and they run up and go, Papa, Papa, and they hug us, or they say, Papa, will you take me fishing on the boat? And yesterday in the evening, I said to my one grandson, I said, hey, John, because he loves baseball, he's a good ball player, I said, do you want to come over? and watch the Yankees and the Twins, and as bad as I hate to admit it, they are thrashing the Twins right now. Or do you want to go fishing? He said, I'll go fishing any day. So we took him out, and you know the thrill of that, what that means to be in relationship. That's what God desires for you and for me. And because of his great love for us, I can't imagine the heart of God and how not only... Disappointment is not the word. Just things went horribly wrong. And humanity became estranged from God. Estranged means irreconcilable differences. You all know what that means. When there's two people and things happen and both take positions and they can never reconcile. And humanity entered into a place of irreconcilable differences from God, pushing God away. No, don't come near us. But God's Word says that He loved the world. He certainly loves His natural world, and He calls us to be stewards of the earth that He's given to us and to take care of it so it will continue to give back. But He loved the world. The world means you and me in spite of irreconcilable differences. He did everything that he could and that it was possible with heaven's resources, just like in the Chilean mine disaster, when those 33 men were trapped, the government and volunteers and three different agencies around the world. As I mentioned, one of them was the United States, one of the big drilling companies. They came to the aid and they offered whatever they could do to rescue those men. God demonstrates his love for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and to bear our sins so that we could come back into relationship with him. Someone said that, people have said that they think that man's finest hour was when they landed on the moon and they walked on the moon. I submit to you today that mankind's finest hour is when Jesus Christ came and walked on this earth in the flesh to show us what God was like, that we could come back to him, praise his name. Yes. Yes. The second thing is that God reached out to us through his son Jesus. 
John 1, 1 through 5, and we're beginning a series um, in the Gospel of John. It's called the, the Gospel of Belief, and the Gospel of John is, I want to encourage you to read it. Um, you can read a chapter a day, but the Gospel of John was written simply for one reason that we might believe. You heard Pastor Bobby reference doubts. We live, we live in a world that does not build our faith, it tears our faith down. We live in a world that if you follow all the voices, will lead you in opposition to God and will lead you away from the source of life, which is Jesus Christ. Leads us into confusion. And so God reached out to us through his son. And in John chapter 1, John wrote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? The darkness did not comprehend it. Like the trapped miners, you and I and humanity, they... We are absolutely dependent on God, whether we realize it or not. The trapped miners were absolutely dependent on being rescued. The best they could do was a couple of cans of tuna fish and canned mackerel. And after that, they were dependent on what could send down to them. But even though that was survival, that's not the future I want. How about you? No matter how much food they send down, I want up. Anyone else with me? I want up. I want the light. I want my family. I want to be back reunited with them. God reached out to us through his son. God's word says that he sent him and he, the word became flesh. That's the great news. Here's the thing. Jesus is God. He was with God. When God speaks, there is action. Remember In the book of Genesis, God said, let there be light. And what happened, congregation? There was what? There was a light. He said, let us make mankind in our image. And what happened? And Adam was formed from the dust of the ground. And he sent Jesus Christ, his son, who is called the Word. Just listen with me for a moment. The Word of God. The Word of God. God's word is different than our words. We do live in a day and time when words inflame, they enrage, they make angry, they're filled with empty promises. That's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. We live in a day and time when who in the world do you believe? Do you believe CNN or do you believe Fox? Do you believe The party on the left or the party on the right? And the real truth of it is, and this is my observation, we live in a world where we now are so divided that we stand and yell each other and we will say anything to make the other person look bad. It's about making people look bad and somehow, how many know in marriage if you continually try to make your husband and wife look bad, that's never going to make you good? How many have found that out? 
That's not the way we do it. And so in the middle of this, God sent Jesus Christ, who is God, who was with God from the beginning, but at the very core of everything that he is, is he is the word of God to come. And God's word says that now in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Peter wrote, the apostle Peter said, in these days he has spoken to his son who is a more sure word. In other words, the word has arrived on the scene to bring clarity and bring life to us, praise God. Amen. Don't you wish that in the middle of all the mess going on in our own country that there was someone that could stand up and say, no, this is really the truth. Does anyone want, would like that? I read a thing just yesterday in Parade Magazine, and I have to admit I don't read it that often, but I, I read it, and Mike Rowe, you know who Mike Rowe is of Dirtiest Jobs? And uh, he just, he said, you know, there's a lot about America that is great, and it's the people. And so he's done 300 Dirtiest Jobs. It's, I mean, it's, I've, I've watched a number of them. They're absolutely fascinating. And... You have to have great people to work in the sewage where everyone else's poo is falling on them and they think they have a great day. But he said this, he said, America is great because we have great people. But he said, we have been overcome with criticism. He said, what we need is more skepticism rather than criticism. In other words, don't swallow everything we hear with a hook, line, and sinker. How many follow what I'm saying? The right is not all right, and the left is not all wrong, and vice versa. Can someone say amen? Now, I'm not going to preach politics this morning. I'm just not going to go there. But in the middle of this, Jesus Christ came. The, God's word says that the people sat in a great darkness like those Chilean miners and all we like sheep have gone astray. Who do we believe? And in the middle of this, God, with his great love, he looked down and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word of God to be the final authority and to, to bring peace and to be the person that we could trust. It's like, you know, it's like when your grandkids get in a tussle. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, on Christmas Day, when you sacrifice, and they're all, the grandkids are at your house, and they're all piling up the presents that you've paid for. You, how many, you, you know that scene over and over, and then they start looking at each other to see who got more than the other one. And then as the granddad, you just got to step in and remind them of a few things. How many, you know what I'm talking about this morning, the, the final authority and in this world that Jesus has created, in fact, John said all things that were created had been created through him. Paul the Apostle wrote, he said this, that in him all things hold together. They're created through him and by him and for him. It's all for Jesus Christ. God sent his son for you and for me. He sent his son, and God's word that says that the darkness cannot overcome the light. And I want you to know this morning that there's nothing in your life that is too great for God to overcome. Nothing. 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 I've had, a few years ago, a very dear friend of mine 
who is the spiritual son of this house. And his son had struggled back and forth with a heroin addiction. He's in his early 30s. I'll never forget the phone call. And they said, Pastor Paul, we found him. He was dead in a motel. This man of men, this guy that came out of the hills of Pennsylvania and worked for Pittsburgh Plate Glass and then had 300 men work for him at General Motors, this man among men whose heart bled for his son, prayed for him. They did anything for him, and he called me up. But he just cried and just wept. And he asked me if I'd do his funeral. Those are not funerals that I want to do. And I walked into that viewing, that viewing place, and this wonderful pastor and his wife and their son was there, and his little daughter was there. She was five years old, and they had her in the back, and she's going, where's daddy? Where's daddy? Where's daddy? And that man would have done anything in his power, anything that he could have just to have one more moment to bring him back. That's because of a father's love. God's Word says that when you and I were helpless and without strength, when we were estranged, when we had pushed God off, when there was no way for us to get to God, God made a way for God to come to us. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? Yes. 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 Because heaven is real and hell is real. Following Jesus ultimately is about a, a relationship with him and being devoted to him and coming into the family of God. It's not about, it's not about just doing God on our terms. It's not about just when we've all done it when we were kids, when we wanted sons from mommy and daddy, we started acting really good until they give us what we want. You know what I'm talking about. But it's about putting our feet under the Father's table. It's about coming unto His house, under His protection, under His care. He's the only one that can rescue and He's the only one that can save us because we can't save ourselves any more than the Chilean miners could. They could have life, but it was survival. And the best friends that you and I can do is according to our resources, but our resources are never enough to build a way to heaven, but God made a way to earth, praise his name. Amen. So Jesus Christ came, came that we could have eternal life, and John wrote this, that as many as received him, to them he gave the, the right or the power to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It's called being born again. So that we could have real life in Him. We could have life in the Son, life in Jesus Christ. Peace. Real peace. Hope. Real hope. Joy in the morning. Real forgiveness, 
relationship with God that fills the hole in our heart that only Jesus Christ can fill. I think of the Good Samaritan. And that boy had wasted a third, a third of the estate, a third of it. And he ran off and he wasted it. The elder brother was mad. He said, what, why'd you give it to him? There's something about the love of a real dad and a mom that even when a son is a prodigal son, they keep loving them anyway. And I see that picture. I see that picture after all those years. That, that boy wasted everything with riotous living. He's now in the hog pen, something a good Jewish boy would never do. And they wouldn't even let him eat some of the corn husk, if you would, or some of what was left over. And he, when he finally came to himself, he said, I'm going to go home to my father. Maybe they'll make me a, let me be a servant. <laughs> and he gathered up his tattered rags, and he's walking down the road is a long way, and no doubt he was not going very fast because he didn't have any strength. He was wasted, gone. And, and his dad was outside, and in that day and age, that time and that culture, if you had a son that did to his dad what that son did to that dad, culture almost required that you disown them. Never let them back into the house again. But I'm so grateful for the story of the prodigal son and a father that went against the culture. One day he was looking out from his estate and he saw down the road, he saw the form of a young man, his son, that he would recognize anywhere, just like you recognize your kids, how they walk, how they run. You understand their behavior. You know what I'm talking about. When that father saw him, he ran to him. He didn't say, if he comes home, he's going to come my way. It's going to be this way or the highway. He's going to pay his debt. But he ran to him and he embraced him. And he said, oh, my son, my son that was lost, now you're found. And he said, break out, get the fatted calf, get the best robe, put a ring on his finger. My son that was lost, he's home. There's going to be a celebration. God's Word tells us this, that in Him there is real life. I want to show a video right now. We're going to end up this. Um, I'm going to have the band come if they would, and, uh, or Daniel, uh, whoever's come if you would. Uh, just recently, just before we show this, a few months ago, Amber Geiger, you might recall this, is a Dallas police officer, she had had a long shift. She was still dressed in her uniform. She went to her apartment complex. And whatever the reason, I, I don't know, but uh, she, she uh, went to the wrong floor and went to the door and pushed open the door. She thought it was her apartment. And there's a young man in there, Gene Botham from St. Lucia, one of the islands of the Caribbean. Uh, this man, young man, is 28. He was an accountant, uh, a, a part-time youth pastor, sort of just minding his own business. And evidently he stood up and whatever the reason, she pulled her service weapon and, and she shot him, killed him. 
And so it went to trial this past week or so. How many have followed this in the news? And they, my understanding, they, the uh, prosecution was asking for 28 years. That was one for every year of life. And uh, it could have been a minimum of five or even more. But, but in, evidently in the middle of the jury, come, in the middle of the trial, and when this young man we're going to show in just a moment, who is the brother of Gene Botham, this is Brant Rotham, the jury comes in. If you've ever been part observance of a, a trial, when the jury foreman walks in, everything stops, and the judge reads the verdict. And they've read that we have found her guilty, and we sentence her, we recommend, or whatever, we found her guilty of murder, not manslaughter, but murder, and the judge had to decide what the sentence would be. And the parents had been interviewed, and you can imagine losing your only son. We're going to play this. I want it to speak to your hearts, because this is only something that Jesus Christ could do in our lives. Let's go ahead and watch this. I don't want to say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us I think you know that but I just I hope you go to God with all what, all the guilt, all the thing, the bad things you may have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you, and I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. I don't think anyone could say it again I'm speaking for myself not even bad for my family but I love you just like anyone else and I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did but I see I, I personally want the best for you and I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's, what, that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you.
don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's Jesus Christ coming saying whosoever will may come. He's made the way. He's being transformed. Today today that free gift of life, of real life, what Jesus Christ came to do for you and for me is just as valid today as it was back then. That transformation on the inside, to be changed, forgiven, to know him, to have his peace is ours. There's no distance, no darkness that's too great, but what that applies for you and for me, and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this morning, God's word says, to as many as received them, he gave them the power to become the children of God, the sons of God. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do a real bold thing. I'm going to ask you simply to raise your hand. No one's looking around, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. So on the count of three, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, yes. See your hand. Yes. God bless you. You may put it down. Another hand this morning. Yes. Yes. God bless you. Amen. I can tell you this that this is not a sad day. This is a glad day. The burden of that we carry. Jesus Christ comes. And he's already lifted it. It's a matter of receiving it in Jesus' name. That's what it's about. And right now, all of heaven is rejoicing. And church, I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Would you just stand? Would you rejoice with heaven this morning at what's taken place? Let's just clap our hands. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Just a moment. Where I'm going to have the prayer teams come. We have several prayer teams. You come this morning. If if you want prayer today, we have people that are here to pray for you. We're going to have them come. And if you've raised your hand, I'm going to ask you also to come. Someone will pray for you. This has spoken to my heart about the Lord has challenged me and church. I'm going to challenge you. That when I heard this young man's testimony, I said, "Oh Lord God, fill me." more and more with your love. Fill me, Lord, with your forgiveness. Lord, 
help me be part of the rescue party instead of part, part of the problem. That's the challenge that God has for us as a church. God's made the church not as a cruise ship, but as a rescue ship. Not to be safe in the harbor, but to go out, be doing His work and doing His call. You've heard it, saw the videos, and one of them we're doing Party in the Park. Most people don't know, last year we did this. We partnered with the city of Aberdeen. There are over 800 people that came out to hear uh, their testimonies, free food, and the band was playing, and it was a marvelous night. And the mayor of Aberdeen came to me and said, he sought me out. It's the first time a mayor's ever sought me out. Pastor Paul, he said, you're welcome here anytime. Now guess what? This year they've contacted from the city of Aberdeen and they want to know, they said the fire department would, would like to partner on to what you're doing with the trunk or treat. Could, are you guys up for that? I said, hey, how many churches do you know that a government entity is calling the church to do something good for their city? How many? We're going to be there October 31st. Yes. That's what this is about. Yeah. Go big or go home. Amen. Take a risk for God. Go for it. God has a life for us that's so far beyond what we can imagine, even begin to think. Our limited resources can only take us so far, but they can only go that way, but never really to the inside, but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, it's all about Him. Praise His name, amen. I just wanted to know, I love you. It's my honor, my privilege to pastor this church. I thank you for your heart. And as the band begins to play, if you want prayer this morning, you come. Uh, we're going to dismiss, and the band is going to continue to be here. Um, thanks for, for coming. We're, we're going to have food outside. You heard that ice cream. I'm always up for it. Uh, you, you're going to get right in the hall out there, and then you'll go out that, the new doors that are there. If you want a tour of, of the facilities that are, uh, that are also down the lower level, just meet out in that hall, and, and Josh, uh, Josh, where's Josh? Is He's the smiling guitar player. Yeah, we just brought Josh on, on staff. He'll meet you out there, and he'll take you for the, for the nickel tour. Uh, God bless you. I love you, and uh, praise the Lord. Amen. What a great day. Thank you. God bless. Amen. Amen.